Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Evening, folks. How are you doing this evening? Good. Good. Responsive here. Responsive. There we go. Man, this has just been something. I, when the Lord gave me this word, I didn't realize how apropos it was going to be. And it really wouldn't have mattered who won the election. But I really believe this is what the Lord is saying to our church and the church at large. Turn to Proverbs 11.30 for me. And i got to be quick tonight because I don't have much time, so you'll have to listen fast. How's that? Can you put that up, Kevin? Proverbs 11. 30. Okay. The last part of that verse, and he who wins souls is wise. And he who wins souls is wise. I titled this in honor of Brandon to do titles. Witnessing 101. How many of you have a problem witnessing? Wow, we should have saved Charlotte by now if that's the case. (laughs) Years ago, I used to think of witnessing as pick up your Bible, stick it under your arm, go to door, go to door. For the wages of sin is death. And the gift, doing the Roman road, right? or going up to people and flipping through my Bible and trying to tell them what the Bible says about God, or just telling people about Jesus. But that's not really what witnessing is. And that's why people have a lot of problem with witnessing, is because they think it's... Now, the Word is great. You have to know this. But it's not just reading the Word to people. Because that's not what the disciples is, not what Jesus did. Let's... You want to turn to Acts 1.8. Let's see the commission here. Jesus says, but you shall receive power. He's talking to the disciples here, but it applies to us. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And where was he telling them to witness? He was telling them to witness in the local locale they were in, in Jerusalem, in Judea, which is the larger area. It'd be like saying, I want you to be witnesses in Charlotte, in the United States, and to the world. Right? But what does he say in the beginning of that? You shall receive power when the Spirit of God has come upon you so that you can be my witnesses. Amen. Because it's the Spirit of God that wells up with inside of us and empowers us to become who we were created to be and to do the works of God and to tell others about it. If you turn to, um, put your finger in John, John chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. So why don't we witness? Most of the time it comes from fear. And fear stems in pride. 
Some people say, well, I don't know enough. I don't know enough word. I can't, I can't just speak verses to people out of the Bible or I don't know the theology or what if they challenge me on something? I don't know enough to do that because a lot of people out there, I mean, I read stuff on the internet all the time of people challenging Christianity and even mocking Christianity now on, on the internet. It's amazing. So we do it out of fear. What, what if somebody challenges me? What if, what if somebody rejects me? What if they don't want to hear it? How will I feel? What if I'm just wasting their time? You hear all the things in that, what about me? What about me? What if they reject me? What if I don't know enough? What if I'm wasting their time? It's all centered on me. But it's a command of the Lord that we're to witness. We're to be witnesses to our world. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. And I think in this time in the United States, the church needs to understand that it is a command to witness. Because he who wins souls is wise. And we're singing tonight about the heart of God. I want to know your heart, Lord. I'll tell you what the heart of the Lord is. He, his heart is that none would perish, but all would come to everlasting life. That's what his heart is. And the second song I think we sang, we talked about knowing the name of Jesus. That the world of generations will know his name. But they're not going to know his name if we keep silent. And we keep it all inside this building because it's safe here. And we can talk to each other here. And we kind of like knock on people's doors and we go, are you a Christian? You know, in our workplace, you just kind of like feel them out. Are you a Christian? Because then I can talk to you about Jesus. Right? So we, we become fearful. The second thing is our busyness. How many of us have just walked? We're just, we're just busy. We're going to the store. We're just walking, thinking about what we're going to buy. And there are people going, we're going past people the whole time. And there are people who are hurting people all in our path, and we're just too busy to stop and notice them. We're too busy to stop and, and find out what's going on in their mind and heart and what we can have Jesus heal in their lives, right? Because we're just too busy. I do it. I found, I've caught myself even in the last month just whizzing through a store and going, oh my gosh, I went through that entire store, and I didn't even talk to one person about the Lord. And it saddens me because we're to be witnesses. The other thing is that we don't really find it a priority in our lives. Do we wake up in the morning and say, God, create divine appointments where I can witness to people, where I can show people your goodness, so it'll, it'll bring them to the point of repentance? Do I do that in the morning? I do now. I didn't two years ago, but I do now. Because God's shown me something about witnessing that I didn't realize before. My son works at Walmart, and they, a lot of times they have sales at Walmart. Can you imagine if, uh, especially for the guys, if they had a big screen, smart TV, 60-inch, on sale for $25 name brand? You want two. And let's say they had lots of stock. In fact, they had the whole back of the store was just these television sets. Would you just keep it to yourself? Would you worry about the fact that you don't know the entire manual for the television set and that you can't, oh, how do you hook up an audio system? Well, I know how to do, let's see, how do you do that? Let's see, well, I wonder what kind of remote control it has. Does it have, does it get Netflix? Does it get, you wouldn't care about if you knew those things. It's a big screen TV 
and it's $25, and it's a name brand, and it has a five-year warranty. You'd be stopping people on the streets. You'd be walking out of Walmart and say, do you know what they have in there? They've got a $25 name brand television set. And you'd be watching people haul those things out. And you wouldn't have any problem with being fearful or worrying about if they rejected you. Oh, I don't need a television set. I've got four of them. You wouldn't worry about it. You wouldn't worry about if you had all this memorized, the entire manual memorized to tell them about that. You, you wouldn't worry about it if you felt like you were wasting their time, would you? No, because you have a testimony. You've witnessed something. You've gone to the back of the store and seen that sign, and you've bought one yourself, and it's a great television, and you would go to your neighbors, and you'd go to your workplace people, and you'd go every place that you were, and you would witness to them because you've seen something, and you've heard something, and it has affected your life, and you wouldn't have a problem with it. So why do we have a problem witnessing? Because somehow we've made a differentiation between this and this. That it's okay to do this. It's okay to tell them about the latest game that you've, you've uh, found on the internet. It's, it's okay if it's the latest app on your phone. It's okay if it's something that the world will accept. But it's not okay if it's Jesus. And as the church of Jesus Christ, that's a sin. That's wrong. You know, when you get together with your friends, do you talk about, the only thing you talk about is sports and games or anime or whatever. Is that what you guys talk about? Sure. Or do you talk about Jesus? I know what I do. I talk about Jesus. People at my work are like, Jesus. You're going to talk about Jesus. I have people that say to me, they ask me, how are you doing? They go, oh, I know, I know. You're blessed and highly favored. Because that's the thing that comes out of my mouth, because that's what I am. Even when I don't look blessed and highly favored, I am blessed and highly favored. Because I know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I know the one who holds the stars in his hand, has the worlds in his hand, and he's a good God, and he does incredible things. So my prayer in the morning is, God, I'm not getting up out of this bed until you go with me. I'm not getting out of this bed until I know that today you're going to lead me to people that I can witness to, that today that I can represent you well. Because here's the problem. The people of this earth, and especially the people of, this, of, of the United States, have a terrible image of Jesus. Gandhi once said, I like your Jesus, I don't like your Christians. Because we don't represent him well. The problem we have is we become a hateful people. We hate everything that, do, that doesn't look like Jesus. We hate it. We don't pray for it. We hate it. And I believe this is the, this is the reason that we, it, this happens is that when I was a teenager, especially as I got older and I started studying teenagers, here's what they do. Because they don't feel good about themselves, they're always looking for the faults in everyone else so that they can call them names so they can feel better about themselves. And I believe that's what Christians do. Because we don't feel like we're righteous before God. We don't feel like we're pursuing God. We feel like there's things in sin in our life. We try to call it out of everybody else in the world so it makes us feel better. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus only went after the self-righteous people, the Pharisees, the religious people. He had mercy and grace on everyone else. Yeah. And we don't do that. We go after those we, we, we uphold people in the church 
We, we uphold the self-righteous people, but when it comes to the everyday person, we're looking for things in their lives that we can criticize. And that's never going to attract them to Jesus because that's not what Jesus did. They need to see the goodness of God and the mercy of God. And we don't do that. And how do you do that? Let's look at John 1, 14 through 15. He says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What did they behold? His glory. What's his glory? His character and nature manifest on the earth. And I'll add this, through you. His character and nature, the things that Jesus is and was, manifested through you. And they said they beheld his glory. I like to define glory this way, and I said it before. It is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, that empowers you to become who you were created to be and do the works of God. That's what they beheld in Jesus. That's what they need to behold in you. The character and nature of God and the empowerment that people see he's becoming who he's supposed to be. I want to become who I'm supposed to be. I want to find out who, what I was destined to be. There are so many teenage suicides in this country today because kids have no hope. They've been told there's nothing, there's no afterlife. There's no purpose in life. You're just an animal. You're a mistake. Well, we're not a mistake, folks. I like to say it this way. God lined us all up in his mind before the foundation of the world, and he said, okay, here's all the people that I'm ever going to create on this earth. Now I'm going to start lining them up. I'm going to take Tiffany, and I'm going to, make, I'm going to put her under this family for this time in this place because she has a destiny, a kingdom destiny that I have for her in this time. I put Alex here. I put John G. Lake here. I put Moses here. He just placed them all there. So when you were born, he didn't go, oh, look. There's Brandon. Isn't that a surprise? <laughs> Brandon was created for such a time as this, and God knows it. And it is our job to find out what our destiny is in him. But I'll tell you this, it's always to witness. But how can you witness if you don't have something that you've witnessed? Let's look in 1 John 1, 1, through 1 verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you the eternal life which was in the Father, which was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you may have, may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things are right to you that your joy may be full. You hear it? See that? Seen, heard, touched with our hands, witnessed. They saw something, and that's what they declared to the people, the things they've seen and heard. This is what witnessing is, folks. It's declaring what you have seen and heard. I heard somebody the other day, and they said, we all have a testimony. Our salvation is a testimony. You know, I was six years old, and I got saved from a, I'm serious, I was saved at six years old, so I don't have one of these life of sin type things that I came out of, but it's still it's a testimony of God's grace that he saved me at that age, and I didn't have to go through a lot of this stuff. I used to be jealous of people when they got up and said, I was a drug addict and, uh, you know, all these kind of things, and they had a just powerful salvation testimony. Later on in my years, I was like, I'm glad I didn't have to go through all of that. Okay, but everyone has a testimony. Everybody has witnessed something. And I asked God, 
I want to see things, your glory on this earth, your character and nature being manifest. I want to see Jehovah Jireh who provides. I want to see Jehovah Rapha who heals. I want to see Jehovah Nisi, my banner and my victory. I want to see El Roy, the one who always sees me. Jehovah Shammah, the one who's always with me. I want testimonies of things that God has done in my life so I can stop people in the store and say, guess what God did? And you know something? They're like, what? I rarely ever have anyone say, I don't, don't bother me. You know, I'm I talk to people all the time, and guess what? They're interested in what God's doing because they want to know that there is a God. Do you know that 83% of people in this country identify themselves as Christians? 83%. So when you talk to somebody about God, they're identifying, right? So Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What is witnessing for? To make what? Disciples. He didn't say just get people saved. He said make disciples. The church too, too, for too long gets people saved and throws them over their shoulders. like they birth a baby and they just say, okay, next one. They're not making disciples. Witnessing is making disciples. Making people who follow Jesus and are able to move along to be able to witness to others about the goodness and the mercy of God. But that's what we're supposed to be doing. So what do you need to have to witness? The first thing is be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, I suggest highly that you seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? A lot of people think that you know, I'm half full of the Holy Spirit, like there's like half of the Holy Spirit here and that little children have part of the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. It's not about how much of the Spirit you have. It's about how much the Spirit has of you. And I like to look at it this way. We have closets in our life that we've shut to God. I don't want you to see this, God. I don't want you to see that. I can't give this up to you. And God says, I want you to open those up and let the Holy Spirit come in and flood those areas. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has all of you. So the whole, you don't have part of the Holy Spirit. you got all the Holy Spirit. You have all the power of the Holy Spirit. Just how much of him are you, are you letting into those areas of your life? That's when you're filled with the Spirit. And that's what my prayer is. When, you, when you're ta- asking God to be filled with the Spirit, say, God, I just open everything. All these doors that I've kept shut to you, all the things that are, I'm selfish about, all the things that I want that I'm not going to let you have. My dreams, my aspirations, the desires of my heart, they're all yours, God. From now on, I'm following you. I'm your servant. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray and ask God to be filled with the Spirit. Because when you become filled with the Spirit, you can't help but witness. Because on the day of Pentecost, they, were out, they walked outside the room and they were declaring the glory of God to everybody that, that was around them in their own languages. And people, what was the response of the people? What must we do to be saved? And the church gained thousands that day because they were declaring the glory of God outside the church. They had to get outside the church for the people to hear. Second thing is, ask God for testimonies because people love stories. I, was, I went into a, rest, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a food line one time and there was a lady and she was the clerk there and she and I just started telling her about a healing that I had witnessed that I was a part of and she goes really and then I started telling her a little about my testimony about my healing she goes really she goes 
would you pray for my husband? I said, I'll do better than that. And I laid hands on her hands and asked her to go home and pray for her husband. He had cancer, colon cancer. So I asked her the next month, did you do what I asked you to do? Yeah, I did. I said, how's he doing? He said, she said, I, he's, out, he's out fishing with a smile on her face. And then I said, the next month, I said, how's he doing now? And she said, he's cancer free. Now, guess what? She has a story. She has a testimony to tell. The other thing I want to tell you is God didn't say just to be witnesses to, to unbelievers. He said be witnesses. Remember, the people that they were witnessing to, especially the disciples, were the Jews. They were God's people already. We've got to wake up those, those people who, of the 83% who don't really know God, who aren't acting the way that, they know, that we know that Christians are supposed to act, who are depressed and wondering if God even knows that they are alive. They need to be witnessed to, too. So here's what I do. I treat every person that I talk to as though they're a Christian. It, it changes my, the aspect of how I speak to them. Because when I do that, there, there's nothing inside of me that's saying, I'm going to preach to you. I'm, gonna, I'm, going to, um, I'm going to look at you as lower than I am. I treat them with respect. I smile at them. And I talk to them. So I won't say things like, do you know Jesus? I'll say, guess what God did for me today? And I talk to them as though they're a Christian, as though they understand what I am talking about. There's no condemnation in that. They don't, they don't feel like you're condescending to them. They're like, wow. Because chances are, at least eight out of the ten people you're talking to think they're a Christian. So they're going to receive your testimony. I, I have someone at work that I've been doing this to for the five years I've been there. And the person is coming along more and more and more and more because there was no condemnation there. It wasn't anything like, you know, she happens to be a Catholic. And I was like, there's no condemnation there because you're a Christian. You may, you may be redeemed. You may not be saved. You, you're redeemed. You're going to heaven, but you're not living in your salvation. But that doesn't mean that you don't want to know God. That doesn't mean that you don't want to serve him. That doesn't mean that you don't want his goodness. So by doing that, it changes my attitude towards a person. It makes me feel like everybody wants to hear it because they're a Christian. They would want, obviously want to hear something that's good about God, right? Right? Yeah. Try it. It'll, cha it'll change your attitude. Um, understand that it's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. So if, you're, if every day you're waking up saying, how am I supposed to fulfill the command of God? You're asking God that you can be witness to people. Lord, make opportunities for me to witness today. And... By doing that, you're going to have to be aware, right, that there are people around you that are hurting and that you can minister to. And I've had so many people. There was one lady at, at Lowe's that I walked up to. She was at the customer service counter, and she just looked like she was having a bad day. And so I started talking to her about the goodness of God. I started telling her some of the testimonies that I had of people and lives change. It's not just healings, folks. It's lives change. People who finally understand who they are in God. And you start telling them about it. And her countenance went from this to this. And she's just leaning in. And it's so funny because when I started doing that, it's like nobody comes in line. It's like God says, look, hold them all off here. And I got, to, I got to minister to her. And she told me, she said, thank you so much. I really needed that today. Because she was a Christian, but she wasn't, she wasn't living in her salvation. So every time I go to Lowe's now, I'll go, hey, girl. And she's sitting there doing her thing at Lowe's. And I'll go, hey, girl. And she'll go, how are you? See what I'm saying? It just, it, 
there's a testimony there. There's a witness there. And, she, and then we start talking about the Lord. You know, God is so good. Yes, he is. He's so good. And we start having that conversation, right? I don't know where she was spiritually before that, but I tell you, she's a lot different now than she was then. Because I'm not just buzzing by people. My busyness, I'm not allowing my business to not realize that my mission in life is really to win souls because I want to be wise. My mission is not to go to Lowe's to pick up a pipe or a, or a hose or something like that. It's to win souls. And um, the, other day, the other day I was at, at the um, polling booth and, and I was there for an hour and a half and I was standing in line with a guy. And I just started talking to him about the election and things like that. And then I happened to tell him that we were writing a book. And he was like, oh, really? And then I started telling him about how good God was. And he goes, what church did you go to? And I told him. He said, I may come and visit. We're, we're looking for a church. Witnessing. They came. They came. They were here Sunday. And they liked it. And they said they may be back. See, this is what witnessing is. It's not really a chore. People, isn't the people I, that people have to hear about Jesus. They need to hear about Jesus. Because they're not living in their salvation. And many of them are Christians, but many of them are pre-Christians. Because that's the way I like to look at people. They're either Christians or pre-Christians. Because if I'm doing my job, I'm going to do everything I can to bring them into the kingdom. Because he who wins souls is wise. Let me, just, let me just wrap this up. You know, one of the other things is we are not responsible for the results. Amen. We are responsible for the command. It's the same thing with healing. We are not responsible for people receiving their healing. We are responsible to pray for them and let God do the work in them, okay? And that takes a big, big deal of responsibility off of you to say that I failed. You didn't fail. If you are witnessing to people, you haven't failed because you never know when that seed is planted, somebody else may water it and then somebody else will harvest it, right? You don't know along the way where you've been. You don't know if that person's going to go home that night and think about what you said and the Spirit of God is going is to just keep watering that thing and watering that thing and watering that thing. And they say, I met somebody today that I'm, I'm unlike I've ever seen before. I've seen a, I have a Christian that didn't, didn't condemn me, didn't look down on me, was not hateful towards me. They just told me about the goodness of God. And I, you know, I want to know that God they're talking about. Okay, real quickly, how to witness. We talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit and asking God for divine encounters, being aware of people, being in tune with the Holy Spirit. Let's be doing what he's doing and not what we want to do, right? Make sure you're feeling blessed and highly favored. If your relationship with Jesus is such that you're feeling down and out and everything, go to him and say, Lord, I want to feel blessed and highly favored today. Because even when I don't look like I'm blessed and highly favored, I'm still blessed and highly favored, folks, because I know him. So in your life, have a cheeriness about you. And especially when you're talking to people, don't look down and out. I mean, people don't. They don't want to be like you if you're sour, you have a sourpuss, right? You know, they look like you've been, been sucking on lemons. Have a cheery attitude. Always, when you're talking to people, have a brightness on your face. Hey, how are you doing today? Just, I mean, and if a person doesn't serve you well at the store, don't rail on them. That's not showing the love of Christ. They're not going to want to hear you. You have to earn the right to speak to people. So have a cheeriness about you. Thank them for, for the job that they're doing. You know, if you see a veteran or you see a policeman or you see somebody like that, thank them for their service. Thank them for their doing a good job. Acknowledge things when they do something that's above and beyond what you think that they should be doing. Always find something good in people because they can sense that. They can sense your attitude towards them. Don't dominate and be forceful. Don't act like you're all holy in everything. 
You know what I'm saying? Don't be like looking down their nose. Well, I know Jesus, and I'm sure you don't. No, talk to them like this. You have something that they want. That's the way you have to feel about it. You have something that they want, and they want to hear it. But you've got to have an attitude that, you know, we're, there is no, God is no respecter of persons. We're all on the same level. There's no G- Greek or Jew. There's no uh, female or female. There's no slave or free in God. We're all equal. We're all his children. He loves all of us equally. Some of, us just, some of them just don't know it yet. But we need to treat them this way. And everybody is a candidate for, for witnessing. Everybody. Even people that you, even people in this church. You can witness to each other because they need to hear the, about the goodness of God in your life. Ask their name when you talk to them. Say, hey, what's your name? A lot of times I'll look at their name tags and I'll say, Alicia, that is a beautiful name. They go, oh, really, thank you. You're connecting with them. And say it to them several times so that you remember it. This, this is an old marketing thing that someone taught me one time, but it is so good because people love that, to hear their name. And Jesus knows their name, and he calls them by name. So you're being just like your heavenly father. Find something good about them. Man, I, I love that hairdo that you have or something. Compliment them so that you earn the right to, to speak into their lives. And always have a testimony on the tip of your tongue. And if you don't have your own testimony because of their circumstance, if they say, oh, you know, I have my husband has cancer like this one person or whatever it is, you say, man, I heard about somebody being healed of cancer. And tell them that testimony. It encourages them. Believe me, I know when I was disabled, hearing anybody who got healed encouraged me. Okay? And ask them if they have anything you can pray for. They love that. And then they're like freaked out when you're going to pray for them right there. But you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Okay, I'm going to pray for you right now. Let's all close our eyes. You don't have to do that. You can pray for them with your eyes open just like you're talking, like you're conversing with them. I just pray in Jesus' name that Pastor Alex, that you would just bless him, that God, you just pour out your financial blessing, your spiritual blessing, your emotional blessing on him in Jesus' name. You don't even have to do this. I just do that because I like to. In the name of Jesus, just bless, just bless his day. And it, you know what it looks like to everybody else in the store? That you're, that you're talking to the person at the, at the desk. But you know something? They go out of there, and they are blessed. And they feel like something just happened to them today that hasn't happened in years. And they just are like, and they'll pursue God. So, you know, you don't have to make it a big thing. You can pray just like you're talking to them. The other thing, too, is listen carefully. Don't butt in. If they're, ta- if they're telling you about them, don't go, oh, let me tell you something here. No, listen to theirs and lean forward and listen. Because you, the Holy Spirit will be talking to you while you're doing that, while you're listening. And he'll give you something to say to them that's out of his heart for them because he knows them better than you do. Like I said, don't, let's not act like we're something. that, that it, It's Jesus who's something, not us. And pray with them. And if you don't have, don't have the ability to do that, always bless them. When you walk off, say, be blessed today. Or be blessed today in Jesus' name. I have, it's funny, when I started doing that, I started going back to stores, and I heard the, the clerks blessing people. They'd be going, you have a blessed day, sir. They used to say, have a great day. Now many of them are saying, have a blessed day. And I'm like, wow, it's catching on. Because one person told me one time, they said, don't bless people who aren't Christians. You, can't, you shouldn't bless them. I'm like, why? The rain falls on the just and the unjust. And what's the greatest blessing but knowing Jesus? So bless them. 
And even if you have to put it in the back of your mind, bless you, sir. I pray that you know Jesus. Bless him. And guess what? We'll win a city because it's done one person at a time. And you know something? Jesus did it with 12 and then 70 and then 120. We got more than that in this church. And they won a world. But we have to be about our Father's business. And that is telling people about him and, and, and being that to people. So don't, don't pressure yourself to feel like you have to know everything. Now, don't get me wrong. One thing I do want to say, you need to read the word because the Holy Spirit will take this word when you're, when you're ministering to somebody and he'll go whoosh like this to them, right? But don't pressure yourself that you have to be a theologian to witness to people. You don't. Most people don't, even, don't really even know what the scriptures are. They just want to hear that there's a good God who loves them. And that they're his favorite too. Amen? Let's all stand and... Let's just say this together. Jesus, Jesus. I'm your favorite child. And you love me. And I want to tell everyone else that you love them too. And that they're your favorites. Lord, I ask ask that you would take away any fear in me. You would take away the busyness in my life life so that I can see people people and I won't be afraid afraid to tell them a testimony testimony of your goodness. goodness. And Lord, Lord, when I wake up each day, day, let me ask you you to bring people my way that I can witness to. to. Lord, make me aware aware of your presence presence in every situation situation. to do your will. will. In Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.